Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. And we continue at 106 in the afternoon. Talk Radio 790 KABC, the John Phillips Show. Broadcasting live from the Morongo Casino Resort and Spa Living Room Studios, which is a great place for a weekend getaway. Mr. Randy Wangs in Culver City. John, we've hit another election milestone with 11 days to go in this March primary season. Los Angeles County has now received 4% of the ballots. And we were at, what, 3% yesterday? That's right. So we've made a monumental improvement, kind of. This could be one of the lowest turnout elections in the history of the state. So far, of the 5,670,000 ballots that went out in L.A. County, 209,000 have been returned, which means 5,400,000 are sitting on people's coffee tables. Well, this could be good and it could be bad. The public is largely checked out. But if you're one of the ones that actually is going to vote and turn in your ballot, then your vote counts more this time than it probably ever has. Maybe I should finally vote, huh? I would think that's a good idea. I'll get to it this weekend, I swear. 800-222-KABC is the telephone number, 1-800-222-5222. Well, there's no hotter race on the ballot this cycle than the race for district attorney of Los Angeles County. Public safety is absolutely gone to hell on George Gascon's watch, And because of that, many challengers have stepped up to take him on, knowing that the county of Los Angeles cannot deal with another four years of George Gascon and not be a complete basket case. One of those challengers is a deputy district attorney in Gascon's office and a candidate for Los Angeles County District Attorney taking on her boss. You can get her online at Maria4DA.com. Maria Ramirez, welcome. Hi, John. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks so much for stopping by. So I believe this is the first time we've chatted on the air. So I want to start out by just letting you introduce yourself to the audience. What is your background and why is it that you decided to make this jump? Sure, thank you. Um, I was born and raised in Los Angeles County uh, to Mexican uh, parents, immigrant parents that came here from Mexico to build a life for their family. Uh, I grew up in the Boyle Heights area of Los Angeles, and I joined the district attorney's office uh, more than 33 years ago uh, because I saw the effects that gang violence was having on the neighborhood where I grew up, and I wanted to give the victims of that violence a voice in our office. And uh, you know, when I saw that injustice, I, I really wanted to do something about it. And um, I have been in the DA's office now for 33 years. I was a trial prosecutor for uh, half of my career, uh, prosecuting gang crimes and also major narcotic crimes. And uh, the second half of my career has been dedicated to moving through the supervision ranks and management of our office. 
And now I have served under three elected district attorneys in top management. Uh, I was the first Latina appointed to the head deputy uh, position where I oversaw a division in our office. And then uh, under Jackie Lacey, I was uh, promoted to the position of bureau director where I oversaw eight of our most complex and high profile divisions. And that is the position I was in when George Gascon came into office on December 7th of 2020 and completely ruined our office. Let me ask you this question, because I think this is the best way of kind of understanding your worldview. How would yes. you assess the performance of your boss, George Gascon? He has been an utter and complete failure and uh, failure in, in two major regards. He has been a failure as a leader for one of the most respected offices in the in the country. Uh, he has failed to provide us the leadership that we need to keep the public safe. Uh, and I think that he has been a, a complete failure to the public, uh, which he is supposed to serve. Uh, he touted himself as a reformer. And to be honest with you, I don't see things getting better under his watch. And that really is the definition of reform. And uh, he really has not made a major change in the way that uh, we improve our criminal justice system. Uh, what he cares about is his, is his agenda of decarceration at uh, large levels. And that is not going to improve uh, the safety of our communities. Unfortunately, it's very easy to break things and it takes a very long time to rebuild them. As someone in management in that office, if you were to be elected district attorney, you would have to rebuild something that he broke. And I don't know if that could happen overnight. You look at the morale in that office, and I'm sure you see this on a daily basis, where people who felt a calling to go into the profession for reasons probably very similar to yours, where they believe in public safety, they want to make sure that innocent people aren't preyed upon, that sort of thing, understand mm -hmm. that their boss fundamentally isn't down with that particular mission. And if you go to work every day knowing that your boss doesn't want you to perform the duties of your job, the duties of your office, then I would be depressed waking up, fighting traffic <laughs> every day, going to the office, having to, to, to do my job that I know the boss fundamentally doesn't want me to do. How would you put that office back together and bring morale back? So I think the first thing that has to happen is that we have to uh, vote in a district attorney that has the respect and the heart and passion for the job that we do of keeping our public safe. And that is really providing the office with strong leadership that is respected. And that is going to have to take place for this office to turn around because if George Gascon is elected again, I can tell you the exodus from our office is going to be something that we will not be able to recover from. And so that's number one. Number two, what needs to happen is that uh, as district attorney, I need to implement policies that have public safety at its core and as a priority. Um, that has not been done the last three years. Public safety has taken a back seat. And so I would institute directives and policies uh, that really prioritize public safety, that prioritize victims' voices. And it is only then when we reestablish that priority that we will be able to make changes that actually improve our system. So it is twofold, you know, we have to do substantive change, but also I think 
having been in the office for 33 years, I've developed, I think, a good reputation with the people that work there. And I think that I can lead them forward from this chaos that uh, Mr. Gascon has created. We're speaking with Maria Ramirez, who's a candidate for DA in L.A. County. You can get more information on her at Maria4DA.com. Let's talk about retail theft, because so many of our pharmacies, so many of our mom and pop stores and communities all around Los Angeles County are closing their doors because they're just hemorrhaging their their inventory to thieves who are coming in, taking whatever it is that they want to take, selling it on the black market, and no one stops them. Uh, the district attorney refuses to prosecute in many cases when the state of California offered grant money for different forms of local government to apply for, to use the money to fight retail theft. It was the city of Oakland and it was George Gascon who refused to even fill out the paperwork and send it in. Mm-hmm. If you're elected, how high of a priority would fighting retail theft be for you? Uh, it would be a very high priority. Um, as a matter of fact, right before I came on, I was reading the story about the um, Lawndale uh, store owner for Crepe Heaven Cafe ha- that had his third break in. Uh, and he was talking about, it was very heartbreaking because he was talking about how he can't sustain this um, economically speaking, right? And it, and it sounds like he's ready to give up and to close his, his doors down. The same way I actually spoke to uh, Mr. Ramirez from Rubens Bakery, that was the victim of a uh, violent smash and grab as well. And um, he really talked about not only the loss, the financial loss that he's facing, but also the loss of income that his workers are facing, in addition to the fact that now they're afraid to come to work. And so our public safety really does affect the economy of Los Angeles County, and we cannot sustain what we've been doing so far. So it would be a high priority because I think that our failure to address this um, has a variety of factors. And one of them is Prop 47, which I am going to be a big advocate to amending so that we can effectively deal with repeat offenders and be able to file felonies against them. Um, the other problems that we have is the zero bail that was developed by the court system that does not allow us to find exceptions for repeat offenders. And then, of course, uh, Gaston's policies that don't allow us to uh, prosecute misdemeanors and quality of life crimes that our public and our businesses are facing. And so all of those things are things that I'm going to fix on day one uh, so that we can address the crisis that we're facing today. Let's talk about Prop 47, because Prop 47, when voters enacted it, and I believe in many cases voters did not know what they were voting for when they did that because of a misleading title and summary that was prepared by the attorney general's office. But you look at at various proposals that exist right now of dealing with Prop 47, where you have the weak T version that is working its way through the California state legislature that really just wants to check a box and move on and say, oh, we did something about it without really changing the policy dramatically. And then on the other side, you have Orange County District Attorney Todd Spitzer, who is out collecting signatures, trying to knock it off the ballot. That's the one that crime victims seem to want. That's the one that I want. Which version do you want of dealing with Prop 47? Well, I obviously want something that is going to have an uh, an actual effective uh, result. 
Um, I don't think that we need to repeal the whole thing. Um, I, I think that if the if the amendment gives us the actual ability to file felonies again, that the amendment gives us the actual ability to file drug possession again, I think that will go a long way with with uh, doing something about the problem now. Um, you know, Prop 47, I think during the time that it passed, obviously was addressing uh, the high levels levels of incarceration at the time. So, uh, you know, I think it was maybe well-intentioned for what we were facing then, but we have to be realistic about what we are facing now and the failures in addressing uh, these issues with Prop 47. So I believe as long as uh, the amendments actually allow us to do those things that I've talked about, I think that we can actually make a big difference. Okay, but just to be clear, would you support Todd Spitzer and his efforts or no? Uh, I don't I don't know if I would support the effort to repeal the complete Prop 47. What what is good about 47? Well, I think that when we're dealing with individuals, for example, that are, let's say, the drug, um, the drug area of, of the law, where we're dealing with individuals that are using, uh, you know, they're not uh, committing other crimes, but they're using and things like that. Uh, I don't know that we need to actually, uh, you know, file felonies on those individuals. Uh, I think that we can uh, get them into treatment by other means. Uh, but, but uh, you know, I would, I think I would have to look again and see what Spitzer. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. There's yeah, safe. I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. Uh, proposal is a complete withdrawal of it. I don't know that I would agree with that. But I mean, you look at when crime really started to spiral out of control in the state of California. It was right around the time that we started decriminalizing crime with 47 and 57 and AB 109. We don't keep people in prison. I mean, there is almost, if you if you just look at the at the timeline, a direct correlation between those initiatives and the state of California spiraling out of control. I, I do agree with you on that, but I think that there's other factors that are coming into play now, and I think that Prop 47 is not the only problem that we're having because even if Prop 47 is amended or whether it is repealed, we are still going to have the local problems that we have with the courts, for example, issuing this no zero bail policy so that people that are committing these crimes are going to be released into the community. So it doesn't address all of the problems that we're having. Uh, and so I think, you know, again, wh whatever Prop 47 says, we still have George Gascon's policies that in many cases he did not care what the law said. Uh, he instituted policies that did not follow the law. So we, it's a bigger problem than just Prop 47. So I think that we need to address it uh, as the complex problem that it is and address all of these factors. If elected, would you pursue the death penalty for killers? Uh, I definitely would follow the law and provide for a robust evaluation process. I would 
allow my prosecutors to file special circumstance allegations in uh, murder cases where they are applicable. And uh, I believe that there are cases that come before us that uh, where death, the death penalty is appropriate. Would you provide the funds for deputy district attorneys and the ability to show up to parole hearings when individuals who were convicted of crimes in Los Angeles County, sentenced by a judge, serving their time, they're coming up for parole right now under Gascon. Deputy district attorneys are not allowed to attend those hearings and have their say. Would you allow them to do that? I would allow them to do that because I believe that our responsibility and obligation to the victims of crime does not end with the sentencing of a case. I think that our responsibility to them uh, should go through the whole lifeline of a case. And we have a responsibility to ensure that not, we are not releasing violent criminals and affecting the emotional well-being of our victims. So I definitely would make that uh, another priority of my administration to allow our prosecutors to support our victims of crime at parole hearings. Where do you stand on closing Men's Central Jail? So uh, I think that Men's Central Jail uh, can serve a purpose uh, you know, it gets into the cost of doing all of this, and uh, I really believe that Men's Central Jail is serving a purpose even now when uh, most of the advocates for decarceration are screaming loudly. Uh, I think that we still have uh, a purpose for incarceration, and unless we find an alternative that provides that ability to keep people in jail that need to be kept in jail, then I would not uh, support the closing of Men's Central Jail. Maria Ramirez, candidate for district attorney in Los Angeles County. If you'd like to get more information on her, you can do so at Maria4DA. That's Maria, F-O-R, not the, not the number, F-O-R-D-A dot com. Maria Ramirez, thanks so much for stopping by. Thank you, John, for having me. If you'd like to email the show, you can do so at johnnydontlikeshow at gmail.com. That's johnnydontlikeshow at gmail.com. And Randy, if you want to listen to us, let's say in between this show and when you begin tonight at 5, that's easy to do. All you got to do is go to kabc.com, click on podcast, go to the Apple Podcast app, iHeart, Spotify, search for The John Phillips Show, hit subscribe. You can download all the episodes that way. You could do what George Gascon likes to do to himself in the middle of the night. Do a Google on, on YouTube. Allegedly. Or you could download the KABC app. Search KABC AM in the Apple App Store or the Android Store. It's the easiest way to listen live to this radio station wherever you are and whenever you want to listen because you could download all the podcasts of this show, eventually my 5 o'clock show too at some point. And the great thing is, yes, at 3.01, as soon as we sign off, you can listen to podcasts while you're doing your shopping. Let's say you go to Target or something. Oh, ghetto doesn't look that they have to lock up the socks. And then at 5 o'clock, you go back on live because I'll be doing my show. And Randy, if you were to see my ballot without concierge service from you, that's easy to do. Just go to kabc.com slash Phillips ballot. That's kabc.com slash Phillips ballot. KABC.com slash Phillips Ballot. One more time. KABC.com slash Phillips Ballot. All right. Let's go to John in Thousand Oaks. No, nope, he left. Go. Oh. I gave him such a good introduction, too. He really did. I mean, uh, we know that you have a, a preference for people named John, so. 
All right. Well, since we know I like the name John, let's listen to my shout out at the L.A. City Council meeting one more time. This was earlier today at the L.A. City Council meeting. This guy named Brock Landers, who's part of the Smoke and Scan crew, he likes to prank call the L.A. City Council and invoke the name of John Phillips. So you have one minute. I got some good news. The news, Brock Landers, Los Angeles private investigators, is one of the finalists for the John Phillips show on KABC 790 Private Investigator of the Year Award. If I could ask a favor from the ladies listening on Smoke and Scan, reach out to the John Phillips show and let them know if someone needs to investigate your privates, Brock Landers is your preferred private investigator. Johnnydontlike at gmail.com. Now... I may be mistaken, but for my entire life, I thought that private investment... Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. <laughs> I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. There's yeah, some. I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. Investigators did something else. I think for the most part, a PI does private investigations. He is a private's investigator. So he's not like Fletch? No. Okay, so if they do a remake, they might have to bring Chevy Chase back. Doesn't look like Brock Landers is that kind of investigator. Duly noted. All right, Randy, today is a special day because not only do we have two editions of the crime blotter, one of them is an Ed Laskos edition. If the cashier is dummy. Questions? And whenever Ed Laskos makes an appearance, it's a lucky day for us. Let's all take a second and reflect on Ed Laskos' last crime report that introduced us to Black Biden. It's a man all set up. He's posing as a child online, lures in the suspected child predator. That predator shows up thinking he's going to have a date with a 15-year-old. <laughs> it's a date, all right, with a law. <laughs> that might be some of the greatest news writing I've ever heard. And then, of course, Black Biden appeared on this program. We did love that. Not today. Not on Black Biden's watch. <laughs> Well, today, Ed Laskos goes down to Orange County because there's a beauty supply store in Fountain Valley that's getting robbed over and over and over again, and that's not good. For more, here's Ed himself. Search for suspects and that frustration that you mentioned as the smash and grabbers continue to target this beauty supply shop here, leaving the owner to call them, he calls them punks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's an accurate description. Punks who keep coming back, causing trouble. All of this has led to more security here, and it's almost like hitting a jewelry store when you think about it, because as the owner explains, lots of high-end designer products inside that bring a high dollar price out here on the streets. Watch. This is where he hits it with the pipe. And he's like, well, hey, I can't get in. Now he's trying to reach in with his hand. And get- it's just uh, having Ed sit with them while they watch the security video of their shop getting busted into over and over again. You know, Ed Laskos could be an interesting celebrity guest star over at Smoke and Scan. 
<laughs> Enough already. And get stuck, and that's not working. So now he's going to turn around and kick it with his foot. The latest break-in goes down right in front of these newly installed security cameras. But these just-added metal security bars stop the smash and grab from going down. Stopping, as the owner here calls the the punks from doing their dirty work. <laughs> <laughs> I live for these reports. I'm not at a point where I'm going to say enough is enough just because we got some punks out there that are trying to shut us down and make things bad for everybody. And they've been trying to make things bad here for a long time, targeting Anthony Salon and its Orange County beauty supply shop over and over and over. It's happened a total of four times. I mean, how frustrating is that? It's, it's really difficult. Diff I like uh, the Ed Lasko's uh, empathizing voice. Frustrating well, is that? This is something that's very serious in Fountain Valley. If they shut this beauty supply store down, the women of Fountain Valley are going to have gray roots. It's happened a total of four times. I mean, how frustrating is that? It's, it's really difficult. Difficult since this industrial area of Fountain Valley seems to be in the crosshairs of repeated break-ins. <laughs> He's just the best. Right over here is where you can see that this one's still boarded up where they had broken in. Break-ins possibly tied to the black market, where smash and grabs at beauty supply stores are like hitting jewelry stores. Think about it. Both have designer products that carry high-end prices. Eight. Yeah, this might be giving some criminals some ideas. Yeah, no kidding. He's almost selling the sizzle a little bit too much. Forget the jewelry stores. Those owners are shooting back. Go to beauty supply shops. Hit the Sephora's. You know, Randy, I went to elementary school in Fountain Valley, Ethan Allen Elementary. I wonder if some of my classmates are the ones doing the robbing or being robbed. Could be. $18,000 on the last time they hit us. Yeah. Not not a couple days ago, but the time before that was just a few months ago. I mean, that's on, but 18000 my God. It's a lot of... <laughs> He's just the best. A few months ago. I mean, that's on, but 18,000, my God. It's a lot of money, especially for a small business owner like myself. A lot of money, he says. But what high-priced item in here do you think is the one he says the, the punks really want? Moroccan oil is a big one because of the high price value. I mean, a bottle of the oil is $80, and it's... Who's buying black market Moroccan oil? Moroccan oil? What, do you use it for your car? <laughs> you know, at this point... It could be guaranteed that if you're looking to buy makeup and it's not from a certified outlet like Ulta or Sephora or one of these local businesses and you're buying it online, it is definitely stolen. And it probably came from Fountain Valley. Moroccan oil is a big one because of the high price value. I mean, a bottle of the oil is $80 and it's this big. It's easy to carry out. Once again, we're, we're giving way too many instructions to the criminals that might be watching Fox 11 tonight. Yeah, I wonder if this guy regrets participating in this report. Nah, he's in the Ed Lasko's Hall of Fame now. So that's like liquid gold. Yeah. <laughs> Texas tea. This big, it's easy to carry out. So that's like liquid gold. Yeah, it is. Leaving Anthony to design this is his own product line, and you know what? Even daddy isn't safe from these smash and grabbers. So the guy realizes, what if I make a generic brand that's not as attractive to the thieves? And the thieves stole that, too. They are incorrigible. I mean, knowing what these thieves do, because we've all bought something on Amazon that was definitely a knockoff that was in a real package, they might take the sticker off of this guy's generic brand, put the sticker of the brand name on it, and you'll be none the wiser. Don't buy things on Amazon. They even stole that. They stole close to $5,000 worth of my own personal product. Oh, it just, it just never ends. <laughs>
Did I tell you? I think I did. Some time ago, I went to a Greek restaurant in a real bad neighborhood. And I like to do the scratchers as part of my happy hour gambling. Because, yes, I am a chronic gambler. And one of them was a winner. And there was a liquor store that was in the adjacent shopping center to the Greek restaurant I went to. And I thought, okay, how bad could it be? I'm just going to walk over there and I'm going to redeem my ticket so I can play again for the next meal. So I walk over there and there's a sign on the door that says the door is locked. You have to press the button and the cashier will let you in. And so I press the button and the cashier is looking at the security camera footage. He's nowhere near the door. And he's looking you up and down to assess what are the odds that someone like me will pull a gun on him. And after he determined that I was kosher, he pressed a button and then I could open up the door and enter the liquor store. As soon as the door shut and it sounds like a medieval dungeon, the door locks again and he's got to press the button so you can get out. Now, if there's a fire in there and he gets knocked over the head, I don't know how that's allowed, but that's what they're doing. Hey, that cashier is no dummy. If the cashier is dummy. When I turned to the left, all it was was beauty supplies for women, which I've never seen before in a liquor store. And then I turned to the right and I saw a bunch of knives that you could use to skin a bear with. And then when you walk towards the cashier, it was this never-ending counter of little minis like you'd get on an airplane, but brands I've never heard of before. Vodkas that I'm sure were named after Eastern European war criminals. <laughs> and then you finally get to the cashier after you walk a mile in the store, and he's still looking at you like you're going to pull a knife on him. He's got his hands in his pocket near his waistband the entire time. You conduct your transaction. You walk towards the door. He's got to press the button so you can leave. Is this what we're now coming to to sell women's hair care products? Pretty much. Let's hope that it does. That's the hope at this point. Now live, Anthony says police have been very helpful. They've been looking at the security video, trying to find suspects, trying to make an arrest. And investigators asking Anthony, if we get arrest, if we get suspects, are you willing to press charges to move forward to prosecute? And Anthony, without blinking an eye, says, absolutely, I'll prosecute. I'll sign the papers real fast because, as he puts it, he wants to protect the other small businesses who could be targeted by these smash and grabbers and possibly be put out of business because the losses are so high. For now, we're live here in Fountain Valley. Back to the west side we go. Ed Laskos, the living legend. Enough already. If you'd like to email the show, you can do so at johnnydontlikeshow at gmail.com. That's johnnydontlikeshow at gmail.com. And Randy, you're monitoring the mailbag. Gil writes in at johnnydontlikeshow at gmail.com and says, are we sure it's not Gavin who's breaking into this beauty supply shop? After all... Hair gel is very expensive. So you get the thrust. Well, if he did break into the store, I would hope that he would have to face accountability. <laughs> accountability, accountability, accountability. I've got some hard decisions to make. I've got to add thrust to the wall, and I've got to kill a Gavin drop. I only have so much room. 
Okay, let's go through the Gavin drops and see which one is expendable. Okay. But it just didn't feel big enough. Gotta keep that one. I mean, it's not just about money. It's about damn accountability. That's a classic. I don't know why we're so damn sheepish. He curses in a lot of these. He really does. We're as dumb as we want to be. That's good. Accountability, accountability, accountability. We use that. I mean, this is the dumbest stuff I've ever heard. That's a great one. This is foundational. Google it. Uh... uh, Also good. We've leaned in. Got to use that. That is something we are mindful of. Okay, here's where there may be some fat I can trim. I have three different Gavin moaning drops. Uh, uh, Maybe I don't need three. Well, you can combine them into one and just make it a combo platter of moaning. Uh, 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 That moves the needle on the inside. We don't use that one too much. It might be that one. Period. Full stop. Enough. Definitely use that one. To understand that push-pull. Oh, we never use that one. That one's going. Yeah, get rid of it. All right, we're getting rid of Gavin push-pull, and we are loading in Gavin thrust. So you get the thrust. That's our version of budget cuts. (laughs) Now, on my system that I have at my home studio, I can have as many drops as I want, so I've got the extended list. So if you want to hear the Gavin cut that just got excised from the board at work... You'll have to listen to Randy at 5 o'clock. So you get the thrust. We get it. Randy, we've got a major announcement to make. Well, as we mentioned, currently in L.A. County, we're seeing a 4% turnout in the run-up to the end of primary season. The election is happening now, but it is over. The last day you can send in those ballots is Tuesday, March 5th. And that's when we'll start to see election results, not just in L.A. County, but in the Bay Area as well and throughout the entire state of California. And that is why on Tuesday, March 5th, John and I will be doing a very special broadcast right here on KABC and our sister station in San Francisco, KSFO, live from 7 to 10 p.m. with your election results. So we'll be on from noon to 3, normal time, right here at AM 790 KABC. And then we'll be on KABC and our sister station, KSFO, from 7 to 10. And then we're back on KSFO at 11 o'clock for the Fix California Hour. And I got to do my 5 o'clock show in there somewhere, too. That's going to be a busy day for us. That's right, but uh, mark your calendars. We want everybody to tune in. As soon as the polls close, we will have the results for all the big races we're following in Southern California and Northern California and statewide, as many as results as we can get. But it's going to be a live election special simulcast, KABC and KSFO, Tuesday, March 5th from 7 to 10 p.m. Well, you know who used to do a daytime show and then would come back and do a nighttime show? Al Rantel? Al Rantel did it, but so did Geraldo Rivera. Oh, really? Remember that? He had the Geraldo daytime show, which was completely trashy, and then he'd come back later on with glasses on on CNBC, and he'd do a respectable political show. (laughs) What do we classify our noon to three show as, trashy or respectable? Well, I think it's a mixture of both. So you get the thrust. If you were describing our show as if it was a high-end wine that you were sampling, I think you would say it's trashy yet respectable. (laughs) It's got a lot of complex notes. That is something we are mindful of. Maybe I should call Geraldo and ask him for advice and ask him how raunchy should we let the daytime show get that day 
And then how much do we need to class it up at night? Well, it is a Tuesday, so we could feature noon to three, nothing but dirty ass smoking scan calls. That would be interesting. <laughs> the boss may not appreciate that on election day, but I'm sure there's some in the audience that would enjoy it. <sighs> The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I wasn't, like, in a company. And I don't know, like, how marketing sales. Yeah, you're a brand. You're a company. Yeah. And like Jay-Z says, I'm a businessman. Yeah. Yeah. To that. Remind me not to quote any hip-hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. <laughs> when you first said it, I'm like, yeah, he's a businessman. Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen.